Welcome to Dragon Talk. My name is Greg Tito. I'm here with my friend and uh, other person who <laughs> brings me up. <laughs> Who is that? I don't know. It's you. It can't possibly be Shelley Mazanoble. It is you. It is me. Yeah. I'll lift you up where you belong. Lift me up where... Is that Wind Beneath Your Wings? Is nope. that what you're saying? What is that? Joe. <laughs> What's his name? Ryan, you know this. Joe... You know the song. This is fantastic content. Dies. This is good content right here. All right. Us trying to come up with what it is. She's going to look it Somebody's up. Somebody's going to know it. Because we're going to need that kind of inspirational music for when we do the stream of Annihilation. What is that? It is a nonstop extravaganza of Dungeons and Dragons happening over two days, June 2nd, June 3rd. It's on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash dnd. Whoa. This is what we're calling it now. And you got to go there and we will be telling you all about the new adventure that D&D is coming out with this fall at the Stream of Annihilation. That's where people are going to hear it first? That's where they're going to hear it first, Shelly. And they're also going to hear about something that you've been working on. That I we've been, got a little something to say. <laughs> we've been hinting at it a lot here. Yeah. But wow. I was avoiding the uh, <laughs> the the screen, and, and I'm, I'm terrible. You're so excited. <laughs> I'm a beatboxer, guys. I guess it's gotta... Joe Cocker. <laughs> Do you remember? I said, I will lift you up where you belong. I, did he cover that song? It's really it's an original Joe Cocker song. Love lifts us up where we belong. But all right, I, you, callers are going to have to or listeners. I am love. Caller, are you there? <laughs> <laughs> listeners are going to have to correct you on that one. No, it won't be me. Correct me on what? I don't think that's the, he wrote that song, but maybe he did. Maybe it's I'm crazy. him and Jennifer Warnes. Oh well, then I'm wrong. He is a fantastic musical soundtrack creator. I always think of Joe Cocker as like covering those Beatles songs, but you're right. I guess he did do other stuff. I don't. I don't even know the other What stuff. would you do oh, if I sang yeah. out of tune? <laughs> yeah. Right? That was the wonder years for Pete's sake. Oh, my God. There it is. There it is. Did that say Joe Cocker written by? This is our new theme song. Yeah. All right. This is our this theme is confirmed. song. confirmed. Because we, we lift each other we up. We lift each other up. At the stream of a night. We have been... What tomorrow brings. Dungeons and Dragons. Look at what brings. To Seattle. <laughs> Two days of D&D games. Twelve hours each day. There will be play. And craft services. Good day, mate. <laughs> I say that because our guests today are from Australia. The land down under. Where it is very sunny all the time. I think like that, Philadelphia. Exactly like It's always sunny in, in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. That was what they were going to call that show, but the, they were in Philadelphia. That they, they <laughs> it was con- too confusing. It was too confusing. Didn't focus Yeah, well. and their ass- accents were terrible. But the people who we're talking to today, their good accents, accents are real, and we're they're amazing. Their American accents, I think, are going to be very good. we got to put them on the spot and ask them about that. Eden Lacey and Benny Davis are coming. They're from the Dragon Friends. Dragon Friends. Yeah, which is an uh, audio podcast uh, in Australia. Comedians and improv, improv. actors um, have been playing Dungeons and Dragons for a few years now, um, and it sounds like a wonderful show. I've listened to the audio; it's fun and exciting, and I can't wait to hear more <laughs> about them uh, when they come here to Seattle on I June second and third. They're going to be here in the states, live doing their show. Uh, uh, jet lagged, probably <laughs> coming in early. I think they're coming in early so they don't get jet lagged. Oh, okay, good. Which they're smart. 
Okay. Those are smart Australians we're talking to. <laughs> we're asking about that too. Uh, but if, if, they're a good introduction in the, to talk to them in the interview, but uh, go look up dragonfriends.com if you ever want to uh, uh, get a little bit of more insight on what's happening there. I think you'll like it. Awesome. And set your calendars for June 2nd and June 3rd, 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, which is totally different Australia time. I'm not even going to bother to do the math there, but you can go check that out. It's going to be a good time. Right, Charlie? It's so good. The best time. I'm already having fun. All right. Just thinking about it. In the meantime, before we go to that interview, we're going to talk to Matt Cernet about some amazing little lore bombs that he's going to drop off for us and just leave. He's not going <laughs> to explode them because that would be weird. So just going to leave he's them. He's just going to leave them on the table and be like, I can, I can blow this if I wanted right to, here. but I'm not going to. These lore bombs. Just going to leave them here. Just going to leave them here. Just look at them. <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I am joined by two lovely people, uh, Mr. Matt Cernet. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Mr. Fat Albert as well. <laughs> uh, and Chris Bergens. Howdy. How's it going? Uh, today in uh, this Lore You Should Know segment, we're going to uh, discuss a city on the Sword Coast uh, that has been uh, the setting for uh, a very renowned uh, series of video games called Baldur's Gate. That's right. Uh, so I, I stole your thunder there, Matt. So why don't you, uh, why don't you start us off with talking about Baldur's Gate and, and uh, uh, how it got all started. So it's interesting. It's uh, one of those places in the Forgotten Realms that uh, kind of doesn't have a lot said about it in the early years. And then um, Baldur's Gate, the game, comes in and fills in some of the gaps, and uh, and then farther on down the line, um, when bits and bobs have been written about it here and there, we did Murder in Baldur's Gate, um, which kind of then filled out the whole picture. So um, one of the interesting things about Baldur's Gate is is that it has sort of embedded in its lore from the get-go is its origin story, and it's the, ne- the reason for its name, i.e. why it's called Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, it's a city on this the, the this river that runs out into the sea, and there's sort of these cliffs that are on both sides of the river, and farmers live up above on these cliffs, and it's sort of the first settlement when you're traveling up and down the coast in that part of the area that you can get into, and you can get into sort of a nice harbor on this river there, and go up to the, those farmers and so on. And so for some time, that's how it works. There are sailors out there that are doing stuff. They're plying the trade. Um, whether they're fishers or they're, they're merchants bringing things back and forth. They come into this area, um, and I think it's called, like, Grays Harbor or Gray Harbor. And, uh, it's just like a little town? Yeah, it's just a little little town up there with, you know, people that um, they'll trade a little bit up there and then maybe move farther inland or if they just trade all, offload all their goods there and hope the, those people, up, the farmers up there, take care of it. and. Mm. Um, then they'll go off and do their thing. Was it a stop to also like kind of resupply as you're going up the yeah, coast? Yeah, that kind of a thing. Right. And uh, and then uh, there's one of these sailors, uh, Balduran, who goes and uh, off and goes and says that he sails past Evermeet and uh, travels to a place that, that he calls Ankarome and comes back. Uh, and it's got all this wealth and, and um, money from this, this crazy journey and uh, helps to build a wall around the upper city or that, that village up there uh, 
to help protect the town against um, sort of orcs and other bad things that are coming around to, to attack them. Mm-hmm. So everyone loves this great guy, Baldurin. Good old Baldurin. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going back to Agnarome and getting more treasure. So he leaves. Mm-hmm. And they never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to him? Well, that's that's sort of a weird, interesting thing. So uh, so he leaves, and then the these sort of um, merchants and uh, sailors coming in and so on um, kind of get pissed because the, the farmers start sort of levying attacks against them and because to bring their goods into the city. And so they say, essentially, no... That's Baldur's Gate. He built the wall. He was one of us. And so that's how it became known as Baldur's Gate as opposed to Great Harbor. I see. And then the city kind of grew up around the the sort of bowl of um, the steep land going up towards that walled city. And so that's why in Baldur's Gate today, <coughs> there is a an upper city, which is the walled enclave of sort of the rich. Because eventually the sailors say, you know what? Screw these farmer guys and just kick them all out and take it over. And uh, declare themselves sort of dukes, uh, sort of jokingly, and then like kind of sticks. Um, <laughs> That's how power works, right? It's <laughs> like, hey, I'm I'm the best. <laughs> well, basically, they real. It was one of these weird things. It, 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 and then even in the old lore, basically, they they, they jokingly call themselves dukes because that's um, even though they know they're basically pirates, uh, because that's how they get respect from other people that come and visit. And then there's sort of sticks, and they end up. There's sort of a line of dukes that are kind of elected into office in Baldur's Gate to kind of run it over time. And, I see. Um, and, you know, from the, no, the noble class that is set up in that, that central sort of high upper city area. So it's called – so the guy's name who uh, founded it was Balduran. Balduran. And then it, did that just get shortened over time? To Balder, yeah. Okay. Baldur's Gate. And so there is actually a gate within the city of Baldur's Gate, which is Baldur's Gate. Uh, and so it's funny that the game is called Baldur's Gate because, uh, I mean, it takes place in that location in the sense that that is a, a a place that you start out from and go back to and there's plots there and so on. But a lot of it isn't really about Baldur's Gate or the right. city. Or, it's about all these other things that you do and you're, you're you know, um, sort of the chosen of Ball and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so... Uh, Later products reveal, and also the Baldur's Gate, um, one of the Baldur's Gate's expansions, uh, I think it's Tales of the Sword Coast, Mm -hmm. reveal that essentially um, he, Baldurand went off and found uh, Anchorome, and that's basically equivalent to, say, North America, Um, whereas uh, Maztica is kind of basically just about where the Panama Canal would be. It's the narrow part between the two continents. Okay. So there's sort of a there's a there's a northern continent out there and there's a southern continent out there that are really huge. And Mystique is just a really small part right around the narrowest bit. Um, and that's pretty much what Mastika campaign setting and the adventures around it describe. But there's a giant continent which people are calling Ancarome that that Baldurin goes out to. Okay. So he's kind of like a a, a Leif Erikson uh, kind of explorer adventurer and right. found all this great stuff that people on the Sword Coast never even had heard of before. Brought it back and then he's like, I'm going to go back there again. Now, Chris, where do you think he is now, or or or? or where he, in legend, where, where, what's going on? I assume he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I assume he got eaten by some monster. Yeah. So according to the Baldur's Gate games, he, uh, there's sort of a ledger, his logbook, that you can find in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's involving this whole, it's like literally called the Island of the Werewolves. Um, and it's a plot where you basically 
get beached on this island and there's some people there who ask for your help and it turns out um, there's werewolves and wolf wares and they're both angry at one another but essentially they're all descendants of people that were stranded on the island um, because of, of Baldoran's ship uh, oh. his crew and everybody so it went aground somewhere in the ocean and, and, and on that island there were werewolves and Presumably also wolf, I don't know, wolf wares. A little footnote to that. Do you know the difference, Greg, between a werewolf and a wolf wear? Oh, I was going to ask that. fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell us. The, the short difference is one is a human that can turn into a wolf, and one is a wolf that can turn into a human. Dun, dun, dun. Oh gosh. <laughs> it changes everything. <laughs> I want to be a wolf wear now. But no, I have to start out yeah. as a, maybe I am a wolf wear and you guys just don't know it. So there's a weird plot there where they're feuding and you sort it out or you or you don't or they all die or whatever. It, it, but the, the idea there is basically that um, he goes off and he's never heard from again and, uh, and presumably dies out there somewhere. And some of his crew ended up... Yeah. You know, descendants of which are on this right. island. But we've done so little with what's out there. I mean, there could be another whole city that he built out there. Who knows? <laughs> we right. don't know. Um, Baldur's Gate B. Yeah. The <laughs> the only other thing about that is that um, the Flaming Fist. There's a there's a book called uh, Golden Glory, and uh, it's all about sort of mercenary companies in the Forgotten Realms. And one of them is the Flaming Fist, which is basically the de facto um, army and police of Baldur's Gate. And uh, they decide to when when there's all sorts of people traveling out to Maztica um, from Am and Waterdeep and so on. Baldur decides to get into the game, and what they try and do is go and find uh, Ankarome and set set up new Baldur's Gate out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't go well for them. Uh, they they end up hitting the coast and traveling up the coast for a while. And I think the last thing is they confront some really weird elves. Uh, and um, get attacked and are mostly defeated. And um, this yeah. is after the, as they were exploring. Yeah, yeah it, right. it, it's basically a disastrous expedition out to to sort of that. All right, so it, it sounds like the founding of the city has this all this this great adventure kind of going to it. But then the city has been there for how long? Uh, that's really hard to answer. Okay, there. Uh, as far as I can tell, there isn't a date associated to when Baldoran went out and did this stuff. I see. All right, so that's hard to kind of pin down, but like yeah. at least 200, 300 years? Yeah, yes, definitely. Okay. Um, there's the, there's references to places, to things happening in the place that will become known as Baldur's Gate that are much older than that. Mm. And so presumably it's not known as Baldur's Gate at that point, but the exact date when that happens, I'm not sure if it exists anywhere in canon, if somebody can find it. I <laughs> Let me know, and I'll probably send you something fun. There's, there's, <laughs> never mind. I'm gonna, I was going to make a political joke, and I'm not going to. Uh, so, so what, it, what? So, Baldur's Gate now in the in the timeline of the Forgotten Realms. What's what's makes it distinct from the other cities on the Sword Coast? Uh, One of the things that makes it distinct is the presence of the Flaming Fist. Okay. Essentially, you've got a city with a police force that's a mercenary company under the authority of the Grand Duke Alder Ravenguard. Um, the 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 idea of the dukes that heralds back to the pirate days. Mm-hmm. Those dukes are still present in the city but they're not pirates anymore. Mm. Um, Do they uh, acknowledge that past, or do they try to forget about it and don't tell anybody, and if you do, I'll punch you in the face? A little common. I I I think they aggrandize that past. Yes. There's some advantage in romanticism um, that they cling to uh, with the titles. Um, But the the guy who's sort of running the show these days is Alder Ravenguard. 
Um, and so he's got like this police force that's are yeah. they, are they brutal? Are they like autocratic? Not, well, Baldur's Gate is a dangerous place, so they they do have to put their foot down sometime and sternly enforce laws mm-hmm. because a, there's a lot of bad behavior in the yeah. city. Um, it's a really corrupt um, city. It, it, it's yeah. a there's a lot of sort of class strife. There, the, the, the division between the upper city and the lower city and, and then the outer city is literally a division between sort of upper class, middle class, yeah. and lower class. And those things are literally <laughs> divided by walls. Um, right. And I mean, they and height. Um, they tax the everything. So like going in and out of gates is taxed, besides Baldur's Gate itself in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of bribery and, uh, and stuff like that. So it's... Um, it's a, a city sort of rife with a lot of um, potential strife. And certainly in the, the Murder and Baldur's Gate game or adventure, that's one of the things that it, that it hinges on is basically because there are, there are multiple possible ultimate enemies in that and different plots going on at the same time um, with different groups trying to play groups against one off one, off one another. And so sort of canonically how that played out was ultimately uh, older Ravenguard was made into the uh, the Grand Duke. Uh, mm-hmm. In the adventure, as you play it yourself, uh, older, older Ravenguard can be one of the ultimate bad guys. He can be the person who is sort of possessed by the spirit of Baal as mm. uh, as the villain. So it's And Baal is a key figure in Baldur's Gate, this, this god of murder. He keeps showing up and painting the streets in blood yeah. um, in one way, shape, or form. Why now, he, was he, yeah, was he drawn to there because of the name similarity or no well, no it's not just a happy name. coincidence <laughs> it's just a weird I mean, they're yeah. spelled in totally differently yeah with so. a b-h-a-a-l so yeah it's, it's just a coincidence but yeah so yeah but why has he been a figure uh in in the city for so long and, or, and what has he done i think because um it is a dangerous place it's just a natural haven for people who would worship him uh who can you you can if you're clever murder people in the city and get away with it. Um, I, I just think, um, I, I don't, there's no manifest reason why Ball has has to be there. Mm-hmm. I just think that... He just likes it. He just likes it, and people who like him seem to like it. Yeah. Got it. I mean, there, there's, there's some sense that um, he's Ball as, as a deity or whatever is in the uh, that area. I mean, the time of troubles and the novels that are related to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ball is actually murdered. Um, I think it's the winding... It's not that, that river. It's a different river, river farther north. Um, right. But he's he's murdered in this. So there's a gate or, or a bridge up there where Borisker Bridge where he was basically murdered by Sirik. Murdered is kind of not quite a... The god of murder was murdered. Yeah, I mean, he, he was backstabbed by Sirik, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he was trying to kill everybody that he saw at the time, so <laughs> self-defense. It's kind of like he was being an <laughs> anti-hero, slash, then, and then Sirik, of course, became the new god of murder for, yeah, for, for a, a while. while. Yeah, yeah. The other fun thing about Baldur's Gate is it's got sort of an underground thing, a whole bunch of interconnected cellars and stuff like that, so there are under levels to run around in and explore. So it's got that like kind of a smuggler's den kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, criminal gangs uh, that are all sort of nominally opposed to one another, but they're all actually under the thumb of one big gang, which is the guild. And so you know, there's there's sort of local neighborhood 
um, protection rackets and uh, criminal activity and so on that all sort of ultimately feels, um, fuels all that money up to one figure who's the ruler of the guild. And a lot of that money, correct me if I'm wrong, does that come from like the kind of still colonial nature of when you need to find new places where they can get resources and bring that back to the city? Well, I don't think Baldur's Gate, I mean, Baldur's Gate was uh, certainly involved in that racket in the second and third edition period where they were going out to Mastika and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, I imagine to some degree in the fourth edition, although we don't really talk a lot about the connections between the continents, because there was a new continent that replaced um, those ones that were out there mm-hmm. uh, from uh, a beer that appeared, right? And there, there's the, there's some discussion of the, of trade between those groups and and so on, but not a lot. Uh, and so now things have changed again because that continent has gone away. Back with the uh, when the Sundering happened, uh, a beer took that continent back. Yeah, and Mestica has come back and. Uh, we need one of those, like, previously on Lower You Should Know, so that we can recap all of the previous ones. But uh, if you're confused by any of that, uh, we did discuss it in the previous segment. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. All right. So uh, any last things for people who are going to set uh, an adventure around or near Baldur's Gate uh, in, in, in the current timeline? I think Murder in Baldur's Gate is a great um, thing to use for that. Uh, it was technically sort of done with... 5th edition and 3rd edition and 4th edition stats all online. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the, the adventure itself has a lot of stats mm-hmm. in it, so it's a very useful product kind of right, It's a very social adventure, if yeah. I remember correctly. right? It was yeah. And, um, a lo- and a lot of it is focusing on just detail, giving you an impression of the city. So there's a ton a ton of source material embedded in the adventure. It's mm-hmm. got like a gazetteer feel to it in that way, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Interesting. Well, we'll go check that out, and uh, hopefully we'll learn more about Baldur's Gate going forward. Awesome. All right. Thanks, you guys. Cheers. Uh, Shelly was just uh, practicing her metronome uh, impression. <laughs> That's as long, you can only do four beats. You can only do beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, and done. That was six beats. I know music like the back of my head. Well, uh, why don't you just is, be a bard? It's kind of like how Matt Cernet knows the Forgotten Realms. Am I right? Who Am does? I right? The guy knows the Forgotten Realms. He knows it like the back of his hand. Mm-hmm. Just, do you ever actually really look at the back of your hand? Never. It's a dumb thing. If it, the back of your hand was in a lineup with 10 other backs of hands would you know that was your hand especially since like it's changing now and now it's like getting older and more like wrinkly yeah, mine's, um, I don't have good hands well you've got great hands Shelly oh your hands are fantastic Greg. you've got wonderful hands I've always liked your hands Wait, especially when you lay on hands and you heal me <laughs> when you're playing a paladin my burning hands oh! ah! don't get your party members with the burning hands no well to... don't get in my way oh, that's a good point that's a good point I can't yeah. argue with that you're really good at logic We're lifting each other up as we belong. belong. All right, moving on to our amazing uh, guests all the way from sunny Australia. Can't wait. They're gonna be. We're gonna call into them right about uh, now. Is people here? Hello. 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 We got on hey, the internet. No, no, no. You just no. I turned it off. Oh God. Turn it back on. (laughs) We got some footage. All right. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at a little... We're just talking to a dragon. Yeah, talking to a, a red dragon that's, that's eating... That's good. That's Mitzi. Look, it's an ampersand. Oh, but oh, it's breathing fire and its tail's on, on its butt. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you do. Surely he's just burnt... That's why he's so mad, because he just burned his ah, tail. Is that, that would all make sense. It's hard yeah. to be a dragon. I didn't know that was true. How are you guys doing? 
Good. Yeah, Wait, good. are you guys going to turn on your camera too? No. Or you're not going? No, we're not. You, you can turn yours off, actually, if you want to. We're, uh, uh, we're doing this all audio for now. Oh, sure. Okay. All right. Well, no. you just want to look at yourself in the little yeah, window? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I normally end up defaulting to just staring and making sure my hair is good and stuff. It's so distracting. Okay. Are you guys a- looking at us? Uh, our our audio engineer is looking at you, and he's giving he's a big giving thumbs, thumbs up with a up. shitty. He's got a shitty and green on his face. Oh, two like, thumbs up! <laughs> yeah. So if we do visual gags and like you know undermine you, it. he'll know, but you won't. Yeah. He, yeah so. Right. And he will have to tell us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's laughing. He is laughing. Oh, now describe what now, he, describe what he's doing. What's happening, Ryan? Tell us. <laughs> he's, you guys shit. Again, out of the loop. Shelly, out of the loop. <laughs> We'll just have to imagine it being the funniest thing ever. Uh, sure. Just imagine it. It's like Dungeons and Dragons. Right. We'll have to use our imaginations. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, what's uh, on the agenda so. for this little baby? So, uh, you guys are. Uh, well, why don't you guys introduce yourselves so we can get your your uh, uh, your your voices? Uh, so because you, you sound very similar, so we want to make sure we get which one is which. Let's go ahead and introduce. Wait. I'm, I'm, well, I'm Greg, by the way. I'll start because I'm Greg Tito. How you doing? Hi, Greg Tito. I'm Aiden Lacey. Uh, hi, Greg Tito. I'm Benny Davis. And I'm flattered that you think I sound like Aiden because he's got the sexiest voice. And, <laughs> thank you, Benny. I'm very flattered Yeah, but that. mine's way more high-pitched and whiny. <laughs> and, like, I guess that's true. When you do that now, song, you're all, you know, rich and chocolatey and Ooh. deep. And, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, fire. Benny thinks I have a chocolatey voice. <laughs> so now Shelly's going to try and do, like, an impression of my voice. Oh, hi. I'm Greg Tito. <laughs> People say we sound alike too all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That was good, wasn't it? It's hard to tell us apart. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on to Dragon Talk. Dragon Friends. Awesome. Sorry. I just love the name of your show, Dragon Friends. How did that happen, Benny? I wasn't there when it happened. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a, a original founding member, I guess. So I'm not exactly Wait, sure where the name came from. Are you not an original founding member? Well, well okay. So the show was started. Um, I think the the baby, the idea was Ben and Dave together wanting to do a show. Yeah. Um, and thinking, uh, who are the talented people we know? Uh-huh. And so got <laughs> comedians Alex Lee, Michael Hing, and Simon Griner together. Yeah. And said, you guys don't know how to play Dragon Friends. Let's get you to play Dragon Friends. Dun- that'll be funnier than Dun- just. Dungeons and Dragons is the game that we play though. <laughs> oh, cool. is that, oh, okay. I was like, see, oh, it's now, not now you see the genius of the name. Yeah, right. This all makes you sense. Know, you friends, don't know Dungeons. how to play Dragon Friends? Yeah, yeah played right. by friends. Why not Dungeon Friends? Oh, no, that's well, gross. Dragon yeah, Friends is more of a, a dragon's more of a zingy image than yeah, a dungeon. Yeah, that's, that's Dungeon right. Friends is yeah. prison. Yeah, yeah that's it could be like a sex, sex Dungeon yeah. Friends, which you, you yeah. would be a whole different show. Awesome. Dungeon so you be you. YouTube club that you have to pay membership to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you can't talk about it. Those are the first two rules. Um, in, in case our listeners no, can't I, tell, these two uh, uh, fine gentlemen are from uh, sunny Australia, is what I keep saying. That it's sunny. Is it true? Is it it's sunny not, there? It's almost winter. It's, it's, almost, al- it's always sunny in Australia. When when I caught a flight back into Australia, the the airline said, "Oh, welcome to Australia, where the average it's the sun shines on average." 300 days a year, maybe more than that. Oh, wow. Really? Check my facts. What? Isn't that like, you know, somewhere in the North Pole kind of thing? No, <laughs> it makes sense. The sun, that means like the sun could just pop out and they'd be like, ah, sun's shining. Oh, oh right. not wrong. We live right. in the opposite of that. Yeah. yeah. We live in the opposite of that. 
You welcome, guys will when be coming you land up to in Seattle. Seattle. Welcome to Seattle, yeah. where the sun shines 13 be, days a year. <laughs> so How much fun. sun do you get? Like, wait, 60 days a year of sun. Mm, maybe, if we're lucky. Yeah, it's been bad. Actually, the last, like, six okay. months has been some of the wettest, uh, even, like, by record for yeah. Seattle. Like, yeah. it was just, it, was, wow. it would rain for and be cloudy for, like, 14, 15 days in a row, and then we get, like, a little bit of sun. Yep. It was bad. Yeah, wow. Because I've seen that Tom Hanks movie, and they talk a lot about how much it rains. It's or true. Was it it's um, in Seattle. No, 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 the terminal. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, all right, so you guys, uh, you, you didn't found the Dragon Friends, but you are members of the current Dragon, the Dragon Friends, Friends thing. Can you tell us a little bit about what that what that is for fans so, who are not? Um, we uh, we play uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, in front of a in front of a live studio, no, not not theater, a theater, theater audience. Um, so I, we're talking about the title of the show. It it kind of is an appropriate title because we've all known each other for like nearly, if not nearly, oh, then over ten years. Mm, definitely. Um, we all kind of started um, doing improv at university, mm-hmm. um, and kind of coming out of like. Uh, like sketch groups and reviews and stuff uh, that happened at Sydney University, I think yeah, all yeah. of us went to. Um, yeah, but don't. Yeah, yeah, but no, we've, don't, all, don't. we've all gone on to bigger and greater. Things. No, but that, but that's where it started. Like I we, guess that's where we met. Yeah, yeah, and we have been friends um, for for a long time. Yeah, and also we've we've all collaborated in various combinations in lots of different ways. You know, yeah, like just right. a couple of you know would do sketches together. Um, currently, there's. Two, two of them who write on a TV show, which is a comedy thing. Um, meanwhile, Hing did sketch shows together with Ben. They ran a comedy room for years and years, and now yeah. he's famous in his own right as a gaming broadcaster. What the, he's a gaming gamecast gamecaster. We should know what he does. A, like a streamer, <laughs> like a streamer on Twitch, that kind of thing. He's a commentary no. guy. Well, Michael the Hing. way sport people do, except oh, okay. for, for like esports. For esports, right? Yes, thank you. Yes, That's he's it. an esports commentator. Um, he does that for League of Legends and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, okay. For Riot. Yeah, and yeah. Plus, he's on a few TV shows here, so he's pretty big in his own right. Yeah. Um, you and Simon, are national champions at improv. Yeah, yeah. Benny um, Davis is a member of the. Uh, comedy rock band, The Axis of Awesome. Yeah, which mm. uh, I noticed we have a lot of crossover fandom because, you know, nerds like nerdy stuff. So I've heard that. Yeah, that's yeah, a thing. A nerdy band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah one of what do you play? Stuff. What do you play in the band? Uh, I'm the keyboard player um, and singer, but as a comedy band, uh, you know, it's all about the performance. So right. I also, you know, compose all the songs and I produce all the tracks. He's a very minor part. Wow, wow that was really downplaying your role in the group there. You're like, ah, I just do some stuff. But no, you're, you're actually the producer and maker of it all. That's crazy. Do you wear costumes? Yes, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, division labor is pretty clear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, no, we, um, like, when we formed this, there was a, not exactly hierarchy. We were all equal members. Um, it's I, I was a musician of the band, and the other two were comedians. So, um, so you had to do the, the, the lion's share of the work in order to make it. You had to carry those comedians. God. Yeah. Mm. Carry the comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah. So Benny does the same thing for Dragon Friends now. Well, he chimes in and yeah, hacks so- us down sometimes. <laughs> Totally. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not one of the players on the campaign. I'm actually the musician for this show as well. I'm the bard, so I accompany oh. the show with live music to underscore. So when there's a fight scene, I get my uh, Michael Bay on, and yeah, when everything's kind of just <laughs> chilling in the background, I get a bit of my Family Guy action music happening. 
Um, and I, yeah, edit the podcast and all that boring stuff. Benny does all the all of the good work. He's, <laughs> he's the one with actual skills, actual discernible skills, and the rest of us are idiots who kind of yell and do dumb things. I remember when Axis started, that's exactly how they described that too. Like, Maybe idiot, Benny does the work. No, no, you're, you're the only one with any Nothing. talent, is that is that what I'm hearing? Oh, oh no. Musical talent. No. Musical Absolutely. talent, all right, that makes sense. No, no, let the engineer tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, no, Not at but, all. But so that's awesome, Benny. having like a live uh, soundtrack. That's pretty pretty uh, up there as far as uh, uh, a lot of the other stuff that, we, that we're going to be doing at the Stream of Annihilation. So that's pretty cool. Are you going to bring your, uh, your, your keyboard to, to make that all happen here in Seattle? Uh, uh, yeah, um, ex- unless you can get me one, then yes, I will I'll bring my own. Actually, I might get in touch with people in the States, see if they can supply one for me. We um, might we might know yes, a few musicians. Have, Otherwise, I'll have nothing to do. Um, <laughs> no, but I think you can just clap. Uh, you can just clap just along like with an, the an acoustic version. I right. could clap for it. Yeah. Yeah. Or a triangle. I know <gasps> Shelly was talking about how she really wants to start learning how to play the triangle. I do. Okay. Yeah, we could do a two piece. <laughs> uh, I would love that. It's just slow when there's nothing happening, and then when the the action hits, you just get faster. Ding, 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 it's, ding, it's, ding, ding. it's a number. <laughs> you know what's funny is one of our dungeon masters for uh, uh, the stream of Annihilation and Beyond is uh, her 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 handle on Twitter is Oboe Crazy. She's a, oh, yeah. a professional oboist here in uh, in Seattle. You should have her accompany. Wow. I know. So you could what, do like, a two piece with her with Seattle Symphony or something. Yeah. No. She does. She does basically when like like orchestra pits or or if she has other you know gigs. Yeah. Not not anything full time. Like she she's always on. But yeah. It's it's and she's a dungeon master for one she of the groups. She is. Oh, that's fantastic! Wow, that's cool. I yeah. love that. Obviously, being a dungeon master is like her main thing now because the <laughs> player and she plays oboe in a symphony. Part she's like best in the world at it, and yeah, I play D and D. It's yeah. more profitable. <laughs> yeah, like you guys, she she has a podcast where I think it's called Drunks and Dragons or Dragons and Drunks. One of those. There's yeah, a lot of dragons and. Drunkards. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. Uh, uh, where, yeah, she'd been dungeon mastering there for like two or three years. Uh, yeah, so you can guys can look her up. She's like one of your competitors, and she's probably doing it better than you are. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh, <laughs> oh, I'm not sure why I threw that out there. I feel like there's a contentious uh, relationship that's building, and I don't mean it to be like that. Sorry. Wow. Wow. There's enough people you are on the planet meet them for everyone to, to have fans. Yeah. If you do a good job, then you'll have crossover. We, we, we should be collaborators. It means that we share fan bases. We could yeah. have a. We it's like, like a Super stuff. Smash Brothers kind of thing. You that's know, right. like they fight each other on the screen, but they're all in the game together, right? Exactly. And that's what the, the whole uh, idea about getting everybody together for the, the stream of Annihilation is, is to have folks who, like, you know, you guys are on the whole other side of the world. Uh, probably hasn't met any of the other people that are going to be there, you know, so you can get to no. rub some elbows and figure out how they do things a little differently. Nice. Yeah. And no, I'm excited to learn about you guys. How, how did you get started playing Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, Eden, uh, <laughs> to feel this. Well, the, so, I joined a podcast called Dragon Friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I started. Oh, no way. So part of the premise of the show was that it was three comedians who had never played Dungeons and Dragons before playing Dungeons & Dragons for the first time. Look. I actually joined uh, in the second season, the beginning of the second season, because one of our Dungeon Masters had gone away to America, and I was the only one they knew. I had I had, mm-hmm. I had frankly begged Dave, our Dungeon Master. I was like, hey, man, if you ever need anyone to play Dungeons & Dragons, I will definitely play Dungeons & Dragons. Please, <laughs> please, please, please. So um, at the beginning of the second season, I took over kind of, NPC role-playing duties right um, 
And this was, I mean, how did you start? You've been playing for quite a, you were the only one of us apart from our Dungeon Master Dave who'd actually played D&D. Yeah, right? so I, my experience started when I was about 11. Oh, cool. Uh, um, I didn't know any of this about you. <laughs> <because> <laughs> my, my brother's two years older, my brother is two years older, and he had started in high school and made friends with some dudes who were playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I kind of just uh, tagged along. Um, <laughs> You're describing how you get started on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I never tried. I did not inhale. And, you know, he always was an older kid. And one thing led to another. <laughs> yeah. That was my gateway into drugs also. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and uh, I, I went to the same high school as them. So we ended up playing this campaign a second edition AD&D campaign when uh-huh. it was AD&D. Right. Um, were second, for probably 10 years, it was like it stopped when people started having kids. Wow. And way. Um, but yeah, I remember like at lunchtime, I would go, the dungeon master, I'd be like, hey man, <laughs> he'd be like, hey, go buy me an apple pie and a thing of milk and I'll give you a magic item. And I was oh. like, wow. No way. Like that is great cake. advice for dungeon masters. Give you a bag of coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, food. I will respond to food bribes. Um, so yeah. Um, and uh, besides that, you know, I played a lot of little campaigns uh, along the way, and kind of started playing third edition. But um, besides that first campaign, Dungeons Dragons is actually the longest. I mean, Dragon Friends is the longest campaign the second longest campaign just because we have to do a monthly show right and you know i think everyone who's played dungeon dragons knows the experience of how campaigns can start and then fall apart because just time commitments and you know sure. someone you start with a lot of gung-ho energy and then you kind of forget or yeah, have commitments yeah. i guess stuff. it's easier for the narrative that we've got an audience now who are coming every month and demanding that we be there and yeah, yeah. kind of forces us to have it in the calendar for the same time for sure. <laughs> right it's so what i'm always interested to find out about people from 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 different areas i mean because you know what you describe sound very similar to a lot of other people uh, uh talking about their first time uh in drugs and in D. uh <laughs> but what uh you know like is is it is that a common occurrence did you find that when you were growing up you that was a that happened to a lot i mean was dungeons and dragons kind of part of, of, the, of the culture down there like yeah give us some insight uh, of what it's like that's i mean that feels like a really interesting question about um modern culture because there's no i don't know with with stuff coming from overseas and with the burgeoning thing of the internet you know people can kind of do whatever they wanted and you wouldn't need to have everyone at your school doing it or i don't know well i started it's a weird pocketed subculture world these days like I, i guess you knew people well, I started playing when it was definitely subculture. Mm. Like there was still, I don't, there was like, oh, don't devil worshippers do Dungeons yeah. and Dragons? Someone, yeah. someone was on acid and a thing happened. It's like that was the kind of the perf- the prevailing like, ooh, don't don't imagine being using a sword. It's a reefer madness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. when I started, that was kind of. Uh, that that was kind of still in the air, but I really don't. Um, you know, 
I, it's like it's like asking, you know, how did you get into video games? Were they popular where you were growing up? It's like, yeah, man, Nintendo exploded. Like everybody had the original system, and Game Boy was just something you wanted to have. I mean, sure, there were the there were the jock losers who were too busy, you know, throwing the bloody pigskin around, but they didn't know <laughs> what it was. No, but I feel like I feel like like nerd or geekdom is like a tier system, like where like you can play video games, and it's like. Oh, that started as nerdy, and now everyone did it. And then there's like board games where like people play them sometimes. And then there's like uh, card games, like oh yeah, cool. And then there's like role playing games, yeah, which really I think you know I love them obviously, but they really require the player to like actually invest in something that's imaginary. Mm. So they really require, I think. You know, I don't know why I'm having a conversation about coolness or whatever. <laughs> but it's really easy to be outside of a thing and be like, look at those like idiots pretending um, and like really <laughs> investing in something. But I feel like that's I feel like actually backing yourself and really investing in something that's imaginary. And I think that's that's cool. Like, yeah. And I think a big part of that. Like the rise of improv as yeah. a form, like improv kind of, I feel like it's gone up and down since it got started, but it's kind of a little bit cool at the moment because there's cool people doing it here and, it, you know, it's a really great comedy form and when you, there's so many improvisers I know who got their start, like yourself, doing D&D and that was a way to improvise mm. and to play right, a character right. and I someone different. And I think also, like, going back to your tier thing for a while, like, you know, like, there was the people who played Dungeons and & Dragons, and there was, like, LARPers was, like, a whole other level of people who did live-action role-playing. Like, you had to invest not only going into something imaginary, but then bringing it also back into the real world. Um, and yeah. I've always respected those people. I, it's something I've never really delved into, but I've always <laughs> been like, man, that takes, like, an extra level of dedication and, you know, yeah, yeah, right? totally. prop hey, building. It's something different for you guys, and this happens with so much culture because we get so much from the States, but it must be very different when you're on the ground and when something starts over there, you kind of know where the kernel of it is. You know who the founders are. Yeah. You, like, I mean, you're, you're the wizards, right? Didn't you, <laughs> of the you conjure up this game? Are you guys wizards? <laughs> we are wizards, <laughs> we are. actually. Yeah, we, we create things. Yeah, and uh, uh, but no, you're right. I mean, honestly, it, I mean, I don't want to – say it, it, it is all attributable to us but like as far as people watching other people play Dungeons and Dragons when Chris Perkins did that uh, uh, for um, we actually was in a podcast form but two uh, comic book artists um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with them but they do the packs yeah they have packs they do the packs down in Australia but the Penny Arcade yeah. guys you know when yeah, they did right. that in 2008 they had no idea it was going to be you know, entertaining or popular. You know, I've heard Chris Perkins say, he's like, there's we didn't no, think anyone was going to listen honestly there's no reason why listening it wasn't even yeah, video was, at the time. Yeah, it was before. It, like, why yeah. listening to people playing D&D would be as entertaining as it was. Yeah. And, and it was fascinating. Even as us of the, you know, the creators of the game, I don't think anybody at Wizards yeah. of the Coast at the time really thought of it like that. They were like, oh, I didn't think that was going to work. And it was just a, a, an experiment. And then in, that was like, what, back in like 2008. And then it's kind of, right. you know, steamrolled well, from I mean, there. Yeah. Well, when I heard of podcasting, I was like, lame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's take a step backwards to radio. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's turned out to be this great thing where you can get exactly what you want. And it's, uh, you, you know, can listen whenever you want yeah, and you can stop halfway and the machine will be like, was this where you were? It's the best. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, 
<laughs> the same as Netflix. All the great perks of that, except in an audio form. Yeah, and I, but I think, um, yeah, who would have thought? But it, now that we look back at it, it makes perfect sense, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It's a, a totally auditory game where everything is imagined. Yeah. And so listening to it is a really fulfilling uh, experience. Yeah, and I am amazed at the fan base and, you know, the creativity that you get because we hand around sketchbooks for people to draw characters and draw scenes of what's happening and everyone's got their own kind of style everyone's got their take on you know what everything looks like and they're just they're hilarious we have um you know for the for as long as we've been doing it we've been starting the show with a song to recap what happened in the previous episodes that's cool now who are writing the lyrics for us month to month they take notes at the show and they come back with better songs better rhymes than we ever wrote yeah. And yeah, I hope they've got one for tonight. Where yeah, we're, we're doing a show tonight. Yeah, we're um, we're, we're recording. Um, if they don't, we'll have to write it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> they write it better anyway they'll have it <laughs> yeah they'll do it that they'll is cool it. and you're right the fan base is like totally like and I think the expanse of the internet and how that much has changed uh, it has a lot more to do with it I mean we, we were joking about that earlier but I think that's a big part of it and the fact that you can it, it kind of democratizes how you get stuff you know like where you got your entertainment from because there used to be you know three networks you know here in, 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 uh, in the states where that was all you got all of your TV from yeah. and then once you know it became be able to beamed over the internet. It was it let everybody get everything wherever they wanted to, and you're right, specialize as to what they wanted. And these fandoms mm-hmm. have kind of grown uh, uh, where they weren't able to be fostered before because those big companies were like, well, we don't think that people listening to D and D or watching D and D will even pay attention, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, what do they yeah, know? I haven't heard of it, so nobody else will <laughs> enjoy it because I'm a network executive and I know what the people want. Because look at my suit and my gold right. watch and. <laughs> On my silver car. <laughs> but I think you guys are actually pretty unique in the fact that you, every month, perform in front of an audience. What's, right. what's that like? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, like I said, we've all done we, – we all met doing comedy stuff. So mm. I guess, um, you know, Ben and Hing used to run a comedy room. That w- look, the short answer, we're used to it. <laughs> no, but I think, I, I think having – Look, and I, you know, I, I come in as the Dungeons and Dragons player who has, you know, gone through the six to 12 hour sessions that yeah. limp through to 6 a.m., you know, with like fight sequences that last two hours. Right. Where you're like trying to roll your D20s and you're like, oh, am I doing this spell right? So I, I think the, the audience is great in that it keeps us honest and really injects a pace into the show. And I, I like as well that because, you know, it's a repeat audience and fans who are really invested, we're kind of getting, and I'm loath to say catchphrases, but... <laughs> I definitely have a catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, you have a catchphrase and there's, you know, certain quirks of characters that people really want. Like, I mean, if Hing goes to do an action and it's not a witch bolt, people are disappointed. <laughs> they just want Frizo to just, you know... Um, lasers some people what is a witch bolt is it lightning is it no witch bolt it's kind of like crackling witch energy yeah. right. the eldritch blast kind of thing yeah right but yeah that's that's his thing um uh aiden is the best yeah yeah i, I started playing this character called baston who's a very thinly veiled uh or began as a very thinly veiled copyright infringement copyright infringement <laughs> like all good characters 
of a character from a certain Disney film. I wonder if you can tell for those listeners of the show. Is there a beast um, involved? There's a beast involved, I think. No. <laughs> um, well, not for that oh, character it sounds specifically. Like um, there's another one called Bushu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, I, I, I thought all these characters that, that I were playing would just disappear, but then people really loved them, so they, they kept coming back. So Bushu's I, my favorite. I Bushu. Bushu. Bushu's a, a South African fairy dragon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> who is uh, Frizo, the warlock's uh, familiar. Oh, and awesome. He's very unhelpful. But, yeah, he's fun when he shows up. But I think um, Benny's a really important part of the live show because he he also – having the live music really keeps the pace of the show moving. You know, sometimes we have to stop and think of a thing. Yeah, I yeah. – see, I notice as well that – you know, when you're actually in a fight, um, if your imagination is going crazy and you can visualize everything around you, then that can be really exciting. But if you're listening to people go, what was that, an 18? Okay, so that means <laughs> I um, managed to pull off that that kick, so that's right. good. It, yeah. yeah, I think having some you know really frantic strings underneath and some bloody horn blast just going blam, blam. Yeah, it lifts the energy of it, and I think you know it's all part of – I think our, our live audience are, are a huge part of making uh, making it a good podcast because we're really thinking of our audience as we're making the show. Yeah, and also like yeah, right. Like in the audience, you've got to feed off of that as well. Like there's just the fact that they're you know uh, uh, reacting to everything that's going on. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Alex is the favorite though. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Alex is the favorite. But I think um, we we've you know being in comedy, all of us have done just regular comedy shows where we've been heckled and the dragon friends crowd is just the most polite, the best Mm. heckling. All all the heckling is like, you can't um, have a pact of blades and a familiar pact. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the good D and D rules lawyer heckle. You got the dice of inspiration. Use it. Yeah, like um, oh, see, I uh, need that. Temporary hit points aren't cumulative with like they're just the best heckles. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, those aren't even heckles. Those are, like helpful, like yeah. constructive criticisms. Peanut gallery. <laughs> yeah, but also because Frizo tries to cheat, um, and <laughs> they've got to keep him in check. Nice. Yeah, we're all diabolical. We're all together against Frizo. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys have been mostly doing this in audio form, but you—I mean—are you excited to delve into the idea of it being, you know, video over over the interwebs? A little bit, yeah. I'm. Well, I mean, that's the future, right? <laughs> the internet is the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, honestly, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a interesting transition uh, for us. Have you done a Twitch stream on um, 64 I, Bytes before? I, I never have. What's it like? Oh, it's really fun. Um, it's fun? Yeah. So, like, this is, you're talking about the Twitch stuff we're going to be doing. Exactly. Later. This, yeah. Dave doesn't tell us anything. We, we need to, this is so great to hear it from you. Yeah, <laughs> Can you explain? explain. What, yeah, what's the deal? Oh, yeah, so you guys will be doing, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a weekly, uh, but I think, yeah, we're trying to do weekly uh, shows on Twitch, yep. yeah, using uh, yeah, the, right. the, the Wizards D&D uh, Twitch channel. You'll be broadcasting. I'm not sure if you're, I think he was going back and forth on whether you guys needed to book the space for uh, each week or if you were going to try and tape two shows in one in one show or something like that and well, broadcast. Look at my house. Time. i got a studio. Like, we, we i gotta, got a, I got a computer and a microphone. That's all you need, right? Get yeah, us a camera. You've missed all that yeah. uh, that live studio audience, though. Well, I think we're, we're still in the process of figuring out exactly how that's uh, – exactly how we're going to do that. Mm. I think we will probably try and get an audience 
and maybe we Dave tells us nothing. <laughs> <laughs> David Harmon, of course, is your dungeon master, right? David Harmon, yes, yeah. that's him. Don't uh, be mistaken with Dan Harmon, who is also, you know, a nerd celebrity. Yeah. And <laughs> Shelly has uh, Shelly has spoken to him actually yes, on, on this podcast. this very podcast. Yep. Oh, what? Is he a cool guy? Is he Super nice? Cool. Does he wear good shirts? I bet he has nice shirts. I don't know. Well, it was I, audio. Yeah, it was audio. So I, I, he <laughs> he sounded like he was wearing a really good shirt. Yeah, cool. Oh, man, yeah. Rick and Morty is just one of my favorite shows ever. Oh, I love the guy. Um, but yeah, we disappointed a lot of people when they rocked up for the first show and they were like, that's not Dan Harmon. Uh, we never said it was. <laughs> we never said it yeah. was. Dave, learn that's how to read. There's a V at the end. To be successful is yeah. have a yeah. name that's he close enough to be to a celebrity. dressed as Dungeon Dave. Yeah, if you ever is, talk to him, don't. Just, just to just call him Dungeon Dave. Often we forget, and he kind of has to stop us and correct us because it's like we've misgendered him or something. He's, That's right. He gets really offended. He, he really hates it. That's I, what you have that the, live audience for. On all the emails going forward, I'll call him Dungeon Dave. Yeah. Yes. Please, 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 please do. do. Please, please do. do. Yes. Please if he tells you to stop, it's just banter. You got to read through the tone. It's Australian <laughs> sarcasm. It's really hard to read, but um, it, he's being ironic. <laughs> Australian um, sarcasm. Uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down, guys. <laughs> I think. Our uh, no, I th I think the uh, the transition to uh, to Twitch and to live streaming will be a really natural one. Actually. But that's, that's the thing, doing Twitch. Um, so Dave Dave works for Sixty Four Bytes, which is a ch Twitch channel here, and mm -hmm. it's kind of a video game based thing. Um, I've done some Twitch streams where you play games, and I was banned in, and we play. It's all my see, but they just talk at you through a comment board, yeah. which, you know, when I describe it that way, sounds like the worst things the internet has to offer. But it's actually pretty nice most of the time. Yeah. People throw requests at you and they got nice questions. And it's like doing um, a live show and an interview and a fan meet and greet all at once. Right. Um, so I think that might be a fun part of it, you know. Yeah, it'll be, it might be hard for you guys to have that. from people. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe Benny, if he's not playing music at the time, would he can can man the the chat a little bit and figure it out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we'll have we'll have a curator in the production booth or something. I, I would like to. I wonder if we'll have a production booth. <laughs> <laughs> so fancy. David, yeah. Dave didn't tell you about that either. You know, he's super busy with the eight jobs that he does. You know, he runs a live zombie role play game. Do you know what Zed Town is? Uh, no. no. He, he gets people together and gives them all Nerf guns and they run about, you have a patient zero and then there's a narrative. It's basically a LARP, but it's yeah. a great event everybody comes along to and yeah, pretends to be a zombie. That's what he's doing. This he's, He can't do the podcast this week because he's running a huge zombie Nerf war in Melbourne. That's amazing. Oh my God. We did something like that at an event that I was at, at uh, in Durham, North Carolina, where it took over the whole, like, it was like, uh, you know, an expo with a whole bunch of different nerd stuff going on, but all yeah. outside and, and within, it was basically this huge zombie LARP that happened the entire time. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and it can be super fun. Wait, and you could buy merch, like, while you were in the middle of that? Yes. Yeah, there was like definitely off off limit sections, uh, but but right. for the most part, people just did it all throughout, and there was definitely, uh, uh, um, you know, strategy. Like people would have lookouts and everything going on. Like it was it was it took it took over the whole place. It was great. Very. Yeah. So, so you what? Guys, so sorry, go on. I was just gonna say, what's so what's Dave like as a as a as a dungeon master? You know, how how would you guys describe him? Um, uh, let's start with the positive stuff. He is. Um, <laughs> He's he's actually fantastic. 
keeping the campaign in place. Um, he's, he's an amazing improviser. And I first got to know him at university when he would do freestyle rapping at um, like, like you. nerdy kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, he, he's got, he, he's quite a nerdcore kind of, kind of rapper. He runs a, a, a live Nerf zombie war. Yeah, he's deep nerdcore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, just top of his dome, he, you know, comes up with some amazing stuff. In fact, his brain works a bit faster than his mouth. I think. No, wait, the other way around. Yeah, his, his mouth can kind of spit stuff out before his brain's caught up to it. So um, he catches up. I think Dave is the way the show runs. Dave is kind of like the uh, the, the 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 squig herder of. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Uh, well, he's like the. I think there's there's so many uh, wild personalities trying to do whatever they want. Dave really just kind of tries to keep it on track. Um, I've kind of co-date the end with him a few times. And the notes that the uh, that we start with at the beginning of the of, of the session seldom come to pass. Um, so it's really just kind of uh, just trying to keep the, the the river moving in the same direction rather than uh, getting too fragmented. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. Um, so it's just the best doormat. Like you know, he's, he's <laughs> such a good punching bag. Um, you know, because he's meant to have high status, and everybody's just it kind of brings him down. It's a classic comedy. Uh, I think he plays into it though. I Definitely. Think, yeah. And and part of it, you know, I think part of the it's part of the fun of it is tormenting Dave. <laughs> so it's almost like he's like the straight man kind of thing as you guys are, are doing crazy I stuff. I think so. Yeah. It's he's, definitely, we definitely don't do what he wants most of the time. <laughs> yeah. For a Mighty Boosh analogy, he's the Howard Moon who's the same person but he's surrounded by a bunch of um, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the world he lives in. So yeah. he's got to take control and he yeah, loses his mind trying to do it. He loses his mind a lot. I think oh, that's my favorite most recent episode was him just kind of putting his head in his hands and going, one day, one day, we've been doing it three years, but one day you're going to learn how to fight. Oh, <laughs> oh we're so bad at fighting. Oh, they oh take my forever. God. <laughs> they, do the, they make the worst decisions. It's like, you have so many weapons and I will do a fly kick. <laughs> <laughs> the fun of the show is not doing it right. Yeah, and yeah. it's working out okay in the end. Yeah, maybe. that makes sense. I think yeah, that's um, something that's feedback we get from the fans that um, the people who love it love it for the comedy aspect that we don't take it seriously. But anybody who loves D and D and comes to listen to D and D turns it off within twenty minutes. <laughs> oh. like, people don't know how to play, <laughs> and uh, we're we're happy to lose that demographic. No, no, it's no. I, I think it's, it makes I think sense. It's, I think it's like uh, it's a it's 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 a balance, right? I think we could. We could be better at it, <laughs> but we don't want to be. It wouldn't be as but funny. I was just going to say, it'd be a less entertaining show if you just did everything that, you know, by the book, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't want to watch, a, a, like, a movie, a cop movie about the heroes is a serious cop movie. Mm-hmm. A funny cop movie is the other guys with two terrible cops who aren't any good at it. We're the terrible cops of Dungeons <laughs> The other guys. <laughs> That makes perfect There's sense. There's room for both of you. Well, I'm excited to, to meet you guys in person. You definitely seem like you yep. got uh, a lot of energy and uh, bring a lot to the table uh, as far as, no, I mean. I, just, I put this on for promo stuff. I'm a very quiet, reserved guy. I this am makes sense. a 12-foot behemoth. <laughs> you will know me when you see me. Um, You're a giant. You're a storm um, giant. Making Speaking this- of giant, is the, the theater that you guys play at really called the, the giant, giant dwarf? 
So oh, yeah. Gi- Giant it- Dwarf is a um, production company founded by some big wigs of Australian TV. They've been rocking it for like 20 years now. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, who Ben and Alex work for. They named it after an Australian celebrity who they think looks like a giant dwarf. <laughs> He's got um, – it's, it's really just a bullying name that has gone on to be <laughs> oh. the – company name of a really successful Australian entertainment business. And it just <laughs> happens to be perfect for It is. That's what I thought. Like how would they find culture. how would they find a theater with that name? But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. it all it, it all just fell into place. It was, yeah, meant, it was meant to be. be. You know, that's never occurred to me that we do a D and D show at a theater that's got giant and dwarf in the title. Your worlds are just colliding. It just makes now, sense. Well, every time I hear the name giant dwarf, I think of the dude that it's about, and I'm just like, yeah, he does look like that. <laughs> I want to know who he is. Uh, I know, right? What's his real name? Uh, Andrew Denton. His name is Andrew Denton. He's a very, he's a wonderful you interviewer. You should look up enough rope. It's yeah, a really he's, great he's show. like Australian's, Australia's Parkinson, yeah. if, if that British reference means anything to you. No, who, it does who's not. Who's the Michael Parkinson of America? Yeah, do you have a good interviewer who does a late night Oh, TV like Charlie show? Rose maybe? Stephen Colbert? Yeah, Colbert, Colbert's great. But no, it's, he's definitely yeah. the Charlie, Charlie Rose. Rose. Yeah, What's see, his Colbert name? Anderson. Into that whole American late night TV thing. Oh, I've it's seen like, this guy. Yeah. It, Denton, you've seen Denton? You've I think so. Denton? I feel like he's got maybe just got a recognizable looking face, Andrew Denton. He's a giant. Oh, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he coming for us now? He's going to kill us. Nah, he loves it. He got a photo in front of the sign when this they guy. opened the theater. Oh, so cute. <laughs> he's going to be at the stream of yeah. Annihilation, wow. guys. We've invited him and he, we're flying him up too. He doesn't look like a giant dwarf. Does <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, are you looking at a full length photo? No. Like, I mean, is it. <laughs> No, just his face. Just his face. He looks like if a very it's just sweet man. Shot, then you got to see it in proportion. Hey, what do we have to do when we come to Seattle? What's what what like? What's the what's the most important thing? Like, do I need to go to the fish? Should I just go to all the places they go to and sleep in Seattle? Basically, just do this. Yeah, sleep yep. in Seattle tour. Yeah, do that all. Um, I don't know. People always ask duck. me that, and I'm 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 newish to here, so Shelly's gonna duck, answer. And then you can go everywhere. There's this little like a tour boat car. Thing the, in the amph- what do they call it? the amphibious what do they call that thing yeah, yeah. oh like a, a boat car yeah it's a boat car. car and it'll drive you around all the hot spots and then it'll take you in the water and you'll go right past the houseboats in Sleepless it's in amphibious? Seattle like like a James Bond car or like a you cobalt? can pretend it is except it goes like three miles per hour no yeah it's a tiny just slogan. pretend yeah well you know it's, mm. you baby steps. use your we'll imagination <laughs> where is the studio. Oh, it's uh, it's right by the Space Needle, which oh, and, yeah. and so that's where that the duck tours are down by the Space Needle it's too. Perfect. Space yeah. Needle. So you yeah, got to go up to the top needle. of that. You'll get it. Uh, no, there's got to be a Frasier tour as well, right? I might do that instead of the Sleeps in Seattle. I'm going to do the Twilight tour. Can I go to where the dogs? <laughs> <bear>? <laughs> Wait, can we go to where the dogs? Bear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I typed. I wanted to type up the like look up Eddie from Frasier, and the first Google result is Eddie from Frasier burial spot. No. <laughs> oh no way! I didn't. No. Is it in Seattle? It wasn't even- I uh, I didn't look it up. It oh my gosh! More, but That's now I'm sad. curious because I'm going there. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you guys if you guys have time, there's definitely these tours that go uh, the underground in Seattle. Like when Seattle was, uh, which they're actually hosted by comedians. Yeah, a lot of them are improv yeah. people and yep. comedians people, right? So you would fit right Ooh, in. You fit right in. Uh, but yeah, they, they, you can go under like the bowels of the city of where the city was founded and stuff. And there's one that's a little bit more risque that they do like the adult version. So they talk a little bit more about. The broth. Prostitution and how that, like, you know, because it was a logging town, so they got, like, people. Uh, lots of loggers. and then It's kind of like that. So you guys should do that, but do that after do that after Stream of Annihilation so that when you get killed, it's um, fun. 
Is there a big improv scene in uh, in Seattle, like any theaters? There are some, but it's not it's not huge. It's not like big, like in New York or Chicago or LA. You guys, you guys could make it here in like a day. Yeah, you should move up. <laughs> We're primed okay. and ready. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need a show like you. Yep. Um, go on tour. Yeah, but I don't I don't think there's like a UCB or anything like in here, right? Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, I, like, if you want to do improv, you leave Seattle. <laughs> you, maybe I think there's a theater in Portland. Yeah, that makes sense. There might be one in Portland too. Sport, like Portlandia seems like it, you know, might even since that show has been coming out with um, uh, uh, those episodes that people. Oh, there is like well, um, no, it's not that big, but I know there's there is a couple like Jet City, Jet oh, yeah. City Improv, and then there was another. I bet, one. You know what? I bet's going to happen. We're going to get there, and it like the Seattle improv scene is going to be like three times as big as anything in Australia, and you're just like, yeah, but it's not oh, New yeah. York or Seattle because <laughs> you guys have. <laughs> Everything's bigger over there. We've got, like, our population of the whole country is, like, you know, the amount of Mexicans there are in L.A. Like, that's, that's probably true. true. That's, yeah. that's absolutely true. Yeah. What about how, how big is Seattle? Uh, population-wise? Not, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I think it's in, like, the 20th biggest city in the U.S. Um, how many people? I think it's about mm. 800,000. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's not over a million. Uh, it's Sydney's yeah. bigger than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sydney's yeah. way bigger. Yeah. Sydney, five million for the win. Oh yeah, that's mate. You guys got it. So I mean, is this going to be your first trip to the states? Have you guys been here before? Nah, nah, we we've been there a lot. (laughs) Australians, we're so far away from everything. We end. We have to go and see what's going on, uh, just to know. What, what all the hubbub is about, but then yeah. we come back because it's nice. If, if you listen to the most recent, one of the most recent episodes, you can hear, it, it was set in New York, and you, you can hear everybody name-dropping all the stuff that they know about New York. And they're talking about specifics in Central Park, like, oh, is that near the fountain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that over near Park? Oh, oh, oh that's a good accent. Yeah, no, I, no. <laughs> I did live in New York for a time. Yeah, so, my, my brother know. lives in New York, so I go to visit him every now and again. We used to stay on the Lower East Side, but uh, yeah. <laughs> We toured back in 2011, so you know we went across the whole country. We were living in LA. We were in and, in and out of comedy clubs. Silver played, Lake, Silver Lake. Yeah, yeah, we're staying in <laughs> oh, Silver Lake. Silver Lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, we did freshman's week up for uh, up at Seattle University. Starbucks. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been I've been to Starbucks. You know, I've been to Lexington, Kentucky. I don't know if you know, there's a little comedy club there. Is like, there? It probably is. In Lexington, Kentucky, it wow. was just. I went and saw Steve Martin live. He was doing his bluegrass tour. Oh no way! Then, yeah, yeah, and we were. Oh, we were just staying at the Hilton, and it was. Oh, it was just amazing. And uh, anyway. other reasons that I can't say because, you know, kids are listening. <laughs> getting married next week. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it was the best city. I actually, I think I drove through yeah. Lexington when I was on my way moving out here to Seattle from North Carolina. So. I was surprised at how cool it was too. Hey, we played in, we played Chapel Hill, we played Rally. Oh yeah, yeah, Tar That's, Heels. I grew up. I grew up. I, my last place I was living was in uh, like right near there. Yeah, in Durham. Awesome. All right. Yeah, dude. Right. Yeah. Are you guys going to be on the stream of Annihilation? We will be there making it all happen. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be appearing on the camera at all. You will. I mean, I mean, I'll drop in. You can't resist. I'll do a cannonball. What do you, what do you two <laughs> look like? Describe it and make it up. We're like supermodels. <laughs> yeah. We're it, very it attractive. Like supermodels. I'm pretty sure you'll like, recognize us because like, we'll be the most attractive people like, in the room. Like Carly Kloss, right? But with a real deep voice. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and uh, we're all wearing we're wearing bathing suits right now, so it's probably wearing yeah. bathing suits. I've been working out through this entire podcast. <laughs> I 
And not oh, even like not me. breathing I'm heavy. <laughs> not even breaking a sweat. Oh. Not even breaking a sweat. Uh, no, yeah, but we, we, I'm super excited to see you guys. And actually, so you can, you know, we don't have to describe our, how we look. We can actually just show you <laughs> a picture. <laughs> Uh, since we're we're not, we're not we're, and say hi and play some D and D for y'all. Yeah, I can't wait. This is gonna be a great trip. This is our first international tour for Dragon Friends. It's gonna we're be really yeah, excited. cool, awesome. Well, all right. Well, you guys will be here uh, in uh, June second and third in Seattle. You can watch on the uh, Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/dnd. Uh, we'll be streaming uh, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. on both those days. That's 24 hours of streaming. It's gonna be amazing. So. Uh, you guys will be able to play a game. I think you're going to play for a good old 90 minutes there, and then we'll get you guys on there to talk more about what uh, what you guys do with the Dragon Friends. It's going to be great. Awesome. I cannot so wait. Good. It's going to be great. Then we'll so go to Starbucks. <laughs> Michael, yes. The first Starbucks. We'll be catered by Starbucks. Yeah. Will Michael Bolton be there? Yes. No, not Michael. Not yes. that one, yes. but a, a Michael Bolton will be there. We'll find one. <laughs> we'll get a production Michael assistant. Michael B. Bolton. Michael uh-huh. B. Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> Account. Where can people find out about uh, what you guys do individually as well as what uh, happens with the Dragon Friends? Um, well, uh, if you go, to, if you look up Dragon Friends on your iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, where on Omni, that's a good place to do it. You can find us at the Dragon Friends. Just search for that, and you'll get a little avatar. But you can also follow us on all the things. Uh, we got a Twitter. It's we Dragon got- Friends without the vowels in it, so it's Dragon Friends. <laughs> um, and we're on Facebook and Instagram as the Dragon Friends and. Uh, I think we have a LinkedIn. Hit us up on LinkedIn. We can do some business networking. <laughs> We've got Patreon. We do have a Patreon. Um, Patreon, uh, you want to go to patreon.com slash the dragon friends and uh, you can get some cool rewards if you support us there. And every month we do a live show at the Giant Dwarf Theatre in Sydney, Australia. So if you're in Sydney for some reason, um, and you got- <laughs> On the first Tuesday of the month, then come on down to the Giant Dwarf Theater and see a live D and D show with a really cool audience. We had a cool guy. Audience. We had a guy come over who was like he was a Marine. He had come over from the states. He had met Barack Obama, and he was like so chuffed to like meet us. It was amazing. Yeah, we, we were not worthy. We named a character after him. He was he's the greatest guy. Yeah, if you nice come guy. from really far, you will definitely we will put something about you in the podcast. Very cool. All right. All well, right. then I'm going to have to make the, st- the the trip then. Yep. What about you guys personally? Where are you guys on the Twitter too? Uh, yeah, you can catch me as Benny Mofo Davis on Twitter and and, and I'm Instagram. and I'm just Eden Lacey, E D A N L A C E Y. Follow me for no content. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can check out my YouTube channel, Benny the Jukebox, for a bunch of music related kind of stuff oh. where I play keyboard and uh, sing and stuff. Benny is legit good. Follow. <laughs> and then the axis of an axis of awesome too, right? Yep. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I did that for 10 years. I'm a dragon friend now. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> moved over. <laughs> cool. Thank you guys so much. Uh, again, can't wait to see you uh, in Seattle uh, in June. It's going to be fantastic. Cool. Can't wait to meet you guys. See, see you later. Bye. Those Australians know how to talk. Well, it's early for them. Right. They just had their coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's they're late for us. They're just chipper, and we're at the end of our day, and they're in the future. I know. And they're actually funny, too. They are funny. Yeah. I, I'm going to be very excited. I mean, you're funny. You're way funnier than I am. Oh. <laughs> are you trying to be nice? Like I know. I'm taking the note. I want to be nicer to you now. No, Greg. You're funnier than I am. Oh, please. <laughs> Thank you, Shelly. That's so nice. That you're, you're super fishing, funny. Fishing for compliments. 
they're I can't wait. They're gonna add such a different, like fun comedic energy yep. to yep. everything that we're doing with Stream of Annihilation, yep. as well as just like a lot of energy in general. Exactly. Those do. Yeah, they're all hopped up on on goofballs. Yep. And or coffee. And, and bing bongs. And bing bongs and Vegemite <laughs> toast. We didn't even talk oh. about like I know, all the Australian stereotypes. I know. Well, we have to do that in person because then, you know, they Their won't Their sunscreen like... is like paste. Is that true? Yes. They probably don't think that. But, but it is. It's like paste. Do. It's like paste. Awesome. Well, they are going to do fantastic at the Stream of Annihilation. I feel like I've talked about it three times. We're going to do it again. June 2nd and 3rd. Oh, my God. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. 12 hours of streaming. Two days. 24 hours total. Dungeons and Dragons. Six games each day. You'll be finding out about uh, some great adventures. Uh, Chris Perkins and Mike Merles will let you know all about that as well. Shelly's got some fun news. I got an an announcement to make. It's going to be dropping. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be popping. And you can only find that out live. And on the Twitch stream. So twitch.tv slash dnd. That's what I mean when I say live. It's going to be live, yo. Uh, of course, you can find out all about the Stream of Annihilation at DungeonsandDragons.com. We're also at uh, Wizards underscore DND on Twitter. I'm at Greg Tito if you want to complain to me about anything that Shelly does. And Shelly, where are you? At Shelly Moo. 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 And then uh, you can make cow sounds to her on the Twitters. It's going to be fantastic. And by all means, send more horse jokes to me. More horse ebooks needs to happen. More horse memes and, yeah, pictures of horses. More people need to follow Fury and get on that Fury no, train. He doesn't like you. And he talks in like Spanish. He told me not to listen to anything you say. Is that true? My Spanish is very subpar, he's but very, I think I saw. He's a terrible horse, but we love him. He's not. Deep down. I think I kind of like him now. <laughs> Maybe you had it was wrong about Fury the whole time. You never know. Yeah. Alright, well thank you guys. We'll be back with another Dragon Talk next week. Okay. We'll be back.